On today's Pinche Gringo podcast, we catch up on the race for the Democratic presidential nominee, and Mauricio Ayala drops by to discuss the emergence of video mapping in Mexico City. All on today's show. Pinche Gringo, Mexico is laughing. Hey, everybody. What's up? Yeah. February's finished gene almost right? almost we've still got an extra february day tomorrow it's crazy yeah 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 yeah. are but, you you know anybody that's born on that day uh i met a couple of people but I, we met somebody in uh in masunte right right that was born on like the 28th so because you know i guess for our viewers to know my birthday is sunday march Woo! 1st and dm uh, dan with a birthday wish and he'll make your wish come true well, I guess well it was a year before leap true. year so if i would have been born a year later i would have been born maybe on leap day so kind of sucks a little bit because it pushes everything like it skips a day yeah so, like my birthday should have been on a saturday this year now it's on a damn sunday it kind of sucks right it's so annoying like, when you ah, miss the best it. day yeah now i gotta wait like six more years or something to get it back on a saturday and like saturday birthdays are the best ones yeah i like the friday ones Saturday's definitely a very You're close a big second. Friday guy. But then when you get stuck on a Monday or Tuesday, you know, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, come on. it's like Tuesday night. Like, come on, everybody, we'll celebrate my birthday. They're like, Dan, I'm not going out on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's cool. I'm gonna be in Jamaica actually on a Sunday. Nice so one. Your your heritage, right? Your, yeah. For those of you that don't know, I'm the whitest Jamaican uh, in Mexico City. Probably my mom is Jamaican. I don't really consider myself full on Jamaican, but. Um, I've been. It's a beautiful country. I'm sure you're gonna have a blast over there. What part? Right. Where are you going? What part? Uh, Negril. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my Dane Martinez. Anybody's listened to past episodes. The guy from the from Super Bowl. He's getting married this weekend, and uh, very proud of him. Very yeah. excited. And uh, I've been to Jamaica once about 15 years ago, and uh, looking forward to some sun and beach and relaxing and having a good time. So. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's but, place uh, to go. Yeah, I, I just, the only thing is that I've been going crazy in my head right now because this Democratic presidential nomination process is fucked up. If anybody watched the debate last night, it was really just a free for all of people screaming and yelling at each other and arguing. And the targets were on Bernie Sanders and Michael Bloomberg, who are potentially the front runners and i guess these uh campaigns are seeing polls and other information that we don't know because michael bloomberg had a big target on him and there is a crisis right now in the democratic party last night was not anything to be proud of if you're a democrat um there was gotcha politics and mm. a lot of shouting and the crazy thing is that the panel were really credible people from cbs news but they were not able to control the chaos that was no. there. And people are just, you know, they went after Michael Bloomberg about that he signed non-disclosure agreements with women that he treated bad, which right. is, you know, completely credible, like to talk about in a presidential race. Um, Bernie Sanders, and here's the big thing. Bernie Sanders won the Nevada caucus. So people got together in a room and voted and every, like, he, he won big. He won with Latino voters. He won with black voters. He won with minority. He won with a lot of people. Um, that are marginalized right. um, because he's the best option for people that want hope to counterbalance Trump. But the problem here is, and the United States of America is not a socialist country. It was not born on those ideals because remember 500 years ago that people came to the United States for freedom. 
they 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 to do what they wanted and for capitalism and to be able to have their own you know farms and and uh, that was what the country was built on. Right. And as I've been studying lately, understanding that what happened 500 years ago is still prevalent in society today, and Americans are not ready for socialism. Uh, in general, there are a lot of people that want it, and Trump is definitely creating a counterbalance that more people want it. But the mm-hmm. fear in the Democratic Party that a Bernie Sanders nomination will empower Trump to destroy like Democrats to take over the House again, to win big in the Senate, and to have another four-year term with both houses of Congress. And that is a scary proposition for many people. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely diehard fans uh, of Bernie Sanders, like you said, a lot of people on the left. But then I mean, if it becomes Bernie against against Donald, how many undecided vo- voters are going to go with, the, oh, the economy's still going well, or I'm going to take a risk? and nationalize healthcare. I mean, I know where I would stand on it, but I, I think thinking in the shoes of the average voter. Yep. I, well, let me, let me throw something else into this and we can talk about both uh, pretty much at the same time because I think one will affect the other. But the coronavirus is growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the head of the Center of Disease Control, the CDC. Cynthia, what, what's the CDC in, Span- in, uh, in, in Mexico? Uh, Rob, do you know? The Centro de Salud. IMSS. IMSS. Yeah, I think it's called IMSS. Salud Verdad or something like that, right? And so right now, the the head of the Centers of Disease Control basically said that it is inevitable that the United States will have yeah. a uh, coronavirus epidemic. Yeah. Um, and right now we're feeling the effects. And, and in the micro and macroeconomics, we have to consider that Apple is delaying or has been said to be concerned about iPhone shipments because China is basically closed right now. Yeah, the governments of the world are shutting things down. Tourism is down. Stock market uh, had a really bad day yesterday, and it had the worst day in the year. And so this Trump idea of Trump basically being you know like a, a roaring economy and people are in work. If the coronavirus expands. There will be a recession, in my opinion. Uh-huh. I mean, this is not like I'm not the economist. Like, it's interesting when those what we consider externalities from the stock market or capitalism, like a pandemic, an earthquake, a hurricane, how those can really rattle the shock the stock market, um, and it's something we don't even see coming, right? Right. And the other thing is that one of the accusations against Trump is that Trump uh, is not a good. Uh, uh, he doesn't know anything about doesn't, hurricanes. Doesn't do good in government, and, and some of his cronies that he's put in don't have the experience. But he, you know, rewards loyalty more than um, actual like work competence. Yeah. <laughs> so if the Trump administration does not respond well to the coronavirus, we could have a, a huge crisis on our hands and a, and a collapsing economy. I'm not here for like you know to tell everybody like that the sky is falling. Yeah. Go buy water right now. Yeah, generators. And, you know, I was talking uh, with Ana Maria Salazar today, and I was telling her that, you know, there's been, what, 100,000 cases? So what percentage of the entire world population is that? It's nothing. But it could spread, it could grow, and it could get really bad. And so we should be concerned about this. And it will affect the presidential election because right now uh, Trump's approval ratings are better. He's had a great 2020. He's, you know, uh, bombed. Uh, and killed the most uh, ruthless 
military general that has uh, allegedly by the U.S. government um, done uh, harm to Americans abroad. He is overseeing a great economy. And he is also empowered after his impeachment to do things that he thinks he has, like, you know, full power now. And yeah. the Republicans are concerned, <laughs> finally. Ridiculous. Democrats are concerned. And so this is a volatile time for all of us. And right now, Democrats are fighting, pushing each other down, name-calling. Uh, and yesterday was a circus. Uh, this is Tuesday night uh, in our recording time. It's Wednesday right now. And uh, tonight, uh, in this recording, uh, Trump will make a speech on national television to address the coronavirus. And it's going to be interesting oh, to really? see what he's going to say. He'll probably mm. trash Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, And the exactly. Democrats, like, leave it to Trump. Blame it on Obama. To do something like that. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. So I mean, what is your feeling? Like, I, I took a test today. And uh, it's on um, the Washington Post to answer all the questions of, where you feel you are on different issues. And uh, number one was Tom Steyer. Oh, really? He's most aligned with my issues. Okay. And number two is Tom Steyer is a billionaire. He was a Democratic activist. He's, he, I don't know even know where he made his money, but he's a rich billionaire. And like he's been in the, and, and we don't know why he's still in the race. Because <laughs> he hasn't been polling anything. No. Uh, but also Pete Buttigieg was like mm. most closely aligned with me on the issues. Really? Really interesting, huh. yeah. But uh, things are real. Julian, and uh, we have to not run around and like the sky is falling, but we need to be cautious about what's happening. I agree. I agree. Listeners, this is a bit of a bleak episode, but uh, we're here <laughs> it's informative. You know, we need to know these things. Things are going a little crazy. Um, personally, I think uh, I haven't done done like a test, a kind of you know political compass of where I am with the, with the American candidates, but. I do kind of lead towards Bernie, but I also know like he can't get everything he wants to get passed. So, um, I you know coming from Canada, believer in in Medicare and universal health access for all. I think it could uh, it could help. Uh, I was watching last week tonight with John Oliver the other night, and and he made a good point about wait times. You know, one of the biggest critiques of a universal healthcare system is that in other countries, oh, you have to deal with the wait time like you do in Canada. You know, you break your arm, you have to wait 12 hours in the hospital just to see a doctor. You want knee surgery, it's going to be two years. But then he made the point, well, what about the wait time for people that can't afford these surgeries oh, yeah. and that have to that. save up or that can't, uh, you know, that just can't end up getting the surgery in the end because they can't afford it. And it was like, oh, yeah. that's a really interesting angle. But it's it's very complicated. And I know that it's not just something you do overnight, lick your fingers, and then right. all of a sudden you have health care. It took Canada a long time to, to get it through the courts, to get it through Parliament, and then have like the insurance companies adjust, and all the doctors adjust, and all that. So Yeah, we'll see big, what happens. I mean, there was a big step in Obamacare that mm -hmm. made things better, and now it's a huge issue. But the problem is, is that the Democrats are not seizing on that issue because they're getting all complicated with other issues like you know, socialism. So how they're going to yeah. refocus on healthcare because it's the number one issue for Americans, even more than the environment, which is hilarious. Mm. Let's switch gears, Julian. I feel like a switch little bit bleak with this coronavirus, <sighs> but yeah. So let's talk about the CONCACAF uh, Champions League. This is yes. a Mexican, American, Canadian, Jamaican, like whatever this tournament, is, right? This is amazing. I mean, it's been around for some years. Uh, listeners, if you don't know, North America also has a Champions League that runs kind of along the same schedule as it does in, in Europe. Uh, for the UEFA Champions League. 
There are 16 teams, including two of my favorite teams ever. The Montreal Impact are in it. Cruz Azul is in it. And Cruz Azul is the first team to have advanced into the round of eight, the quarterfinals, which will take place in, uh, in some weeks. Right. But, you know, Club America is in it. T- Tigres are in it. America. I know. I know. Right. I have, I have a quick, no fat cat in a funny America. Story. I, I went to a game in Morelia in 2005. Mm-hmm. This is the first time, not the first time, but I, I'd never been in the inside of the country to a game. I, I, I've been to Monterrey many times, but this is the first time I was there. And I was with my friend Agustin, and I leaned over to him, and I looked at the America fans because I remember that in Itomama Tambien, which is my favorite movie of all time, <laughs> um, they said that chinga, de tercera regla de Charo Lastra, uh, Chinga America, mm-hmm. and char- yeah, whatever. It was like a thing they said on on the uh, in the movie, and it resonated with me that you know I was going to support the Pumas or whatever. So I have a hatred for America because I love that movie. Yeah, you're, so like, the, the you're like the Ayatollah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah fatwa against America. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was at the stadium, and I leaned over to my friend, and I said, "Hey, man, like, tell me, how do you call somebody that supports the team just because?" they're the best team where they win the most championships. Like, what is that? And he looked at me and, you know, again, I was living in the North, so I have my North language. And he said, right. Dan, it's a person who wears another jacket. So this guy mm. is called a chaquetero. And I was wasted. And, and I was, you know, drinking beer. I was 24 years old or something like that. And I was screaming in the crowd. I was like, America, los chaqueteros. <laughs> and then I went home to his house and his mom came in and said, Dan, how did you like the game? And then, and I said, well, it was good, but a lot of jaqueteros there. So, and she just like looked at me like, oh my goodness. She fainted. <laughs> so I, I don't like America. That's yeah, the, maybe uh, <laughs> that's where pinche gringo actually comes from. Like the jaqueteros of America. America. When I learned the real word, America. right? The real word. Yeah, you know the real yeah. world? The real world. Uh, the, the real word. For a fan of America? For a fan that loves the team just because they're good. Uh, like me for the Chiefs or kind of okay yep. no actually nope. guys remember the conversation we have with Dane this yeah, is yeah, established yeah. already it's called <laughs> Via Melones alright I don't right. even know the story we're gonna find somebody in the next time we have sports to like know maybe I there's a taqueria called Via Melon next to the Cruz Azul Stadium so I knew some things okay but yeah so cool so who's uh, so who's favorite to win the CONCACAF I think probably America <laughs> America yeah, always yeah but there's a there's a few st- Strong teams in the MLS, also like the right. Los Angeles FC or New York City FC or okay. Atlanta, even the defending MLS champions. That Atlanta, huh? They won in their MLS first year. MLS moving in, know? right? And doing good. Yeah. Actually, right. no, that was two years ago. Sorry, my bad. But they were still a very strong team last Got year. It. So tune into the Champions League, of course. Uh, we do show it here. Um, right. I mean, it's on Fox Sports. We, we get some people here together to watch some of the games. Um, and sure. yeah. And I want to do another shout out. This is really important. Next Tuesday is Super Tuesday. Back mm-hmm. to the politics mm-hmm. talk. It's Super Tuesday in the United States, which means there's, I believe, and don't quote me on this, 17 different primaries from different states. And so Super Tuesday is going to be the real showing of what happens. Because if yeah. well, this, this weekend, if Joe Biden loses South Carolina, he will drop out. I, I know it. And maybe Elizabeth Warren will drop out. And it became a race kind of uh, Pete Buttigieg, Amy um, Klobuchar, Klobuchar, and Bernie Sanders. I think that. And Michael Bloomberg. Michael so Bloomberg. a four-person race. But we're going to have that showing here at Pinchy Gringo Barbecue next yes. Tuesday. We're going to have Bloomberg News here. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have festivities and party and, and people that you want to talk about this with um, will be there as well. So if you really want some camaraderie and watching the returns, come to Pinching Gringo next Tuesday night. You might meet your the, the your lover. I, I, yeah. 
There could be many potential lovers there. Dream. Do you right? have someone do, who likes politics, right? <laughs> Why not? Do you have to be American to go? Don't have to be American. Ah, you just have to perfect. be engaged. I'll be there. The process and it'll be great. Okay. Let's switch gears again. I love yeah. that word, switch gears, but let's get on. Uh, the next guest, uh, and you can introduce him. Sure. But I went to Estival Bravo in Valle de Bravo. We talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago with Tonio Vilches, that they had an installation um, that was a beautiful forest. You were there. Yeah. You saw it. Saw it all. And uh, they did a great video mapping, and it really, I thought I was in a, in a fantasy world. It was so beautiful. Um, and this is the guys, part of the team that has done this. So uh, you want to bring him on the show? All right, everyone. So we got uh, the great privilege of having uh, a great pioneer in the creative industry here in Mexico City, uh, specifically in the field of video mapping. We're happy to have on the show today, Mauricio Ayala. How's it going, Mau? Hi, everyone. Good. How are you doing, guys? Doing well, Mal. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Yeah, so um, let's get right into it. Uh, yeah, sure. Tell us a little bit about, we're, we're interested in learning a little bit about video mapping and how it started here in Mexico. How long ago and what made it uh, explode here in Mexico City? It could be probably uh, like... 10 years ago when uh, some European studios came to the city and started to do like uh, this kind of project. Okay. And we look at, we look at those projects from the outside and we were like, oh man, we should really do that <laughs> as Mexicans and let's try to do it. And actually we, we started doing it outside the city, outside Mexico City, but in Mexico. Uh, in some other states like Oaxaca or Puebla, those were like the first states in Mexico that uh, realized as a good tourist product for their people. You know, like it's another activity that uh, the people can do during the night and reactivate uh, places that usually during the night are not recently like often visiting. You know, like right, and and so maybe we could just take even another step back. So, what is video mapping exactly? What does it do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, video mapping is at the it's uh, at the, at the technique where you can project to buildings, monuments, or basically anything that is architectural. Like yeah, with great architecture and um, take those lines and and perspectives from the building. And make them re realize like bigger, or look them, make them look brighter, or yeah, it's like probably with something I will say magical, you know, like yeah, it does kind of transform the, the building to life a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ah, oh, cool, man. Yeah, uh, and then after you can you can also put a story on top of it, like um, for example, I have done like uh, some projects in historical places. Here in Mexico, like, like like archaeological places, and you're like also available to tell the story about the community or the history of the people that live there as part of sharing your culture to other people. That's I think that's one of the biggest possibilities of this kind of media. Okay, right, and so that's why most of your clients early on were tourism, like the state tourism board. So that yeah. people, okay, so tourists can see and learn about the stories of involved in each architectural uh, ruins or sites. 
Mao, you were involved in the Tenochtitlan project, is that correct? Yeah, that's so correct. So you had this incredible responsibility to put a light show on probably one of the most important archaeological sites in the entire country and maybe in the world. How yeah, did that pressure... is one of the most visited places in, in Mexico. Right. So how did you feel about the project and what kind of pressure was your team under during that? I think it was a great opportunity. I, it's still been an, an amazing opportunity to work in these magical places that have a lot of history and, uh, and culture, but it's also a big responsibility, you know? Yep. Uh, when we were doing that in Cocola, uh, uh, we were working beside the uh, INA. Uh, they were taking care so much about the, the, the story and the, how, we were, how we were telling the story to the people, uh, like true facts. Historical right. facts. Hmm. And, and so, what was that? You put like, I mean, I don't want to like dumb down what you guys were doing because it seemed like an incredible feat. Did you just put projectors everywhere? Like, what was, <laughs> what, what, like I, I can't even imagine how you guys did that. It was a big challenge, also uh, talking about the technology, and we developed a whole project that is a mobile station, a video mobile station, uh, that it comes with everything you need to project to this uh, pyramid, because in this kind of places, you cannot make any kind of uh, construction or uh, right. <laughs> anything. It has to be clean, like, yeah, leave no trace every every night. Okay, yeah, it sounds a little complicated. I'm the kind of person that has a bit of trouble like switching the input uh, on, on a remote yeah, on HDMI a TV. One, HDMI, HDMI 1 <laughs> is really it's a nightmare. Yeah. So I, I can only imagine how it is doing, yeah, without even having to damage the site, keep everything in order, coordinate it's a team. Huge thing, yeah. Wow. And you it's have, a huge thing. Have you, uh, what would you say is your most, I know that uh, Teotihuacan is, is right in Mexico City's backyard, but was there any, has there ever been any interesting cultural uh, uh, initiatives or projects that you guys worked on here in the city? Here in the city, you know, like video mapping is just one technique of uh, making these new media. Uh, but there's also like a combination of things like doing something with a light or sound, not even, not just uh, projection. And we have done a few pieces like that for, uh, well, Coca-Cola has done some, some uh, multimedia art pieces for art projects or festivals. Yeah. And um, yeah, and now I think that's the future for video mapping. Like, not only uh, use uh, the video projection um, and integrate it with so much more tools that make a bigger experience for everyone. As, as I told you before, like sound or light, uh, yeah, make them feel better in the experience. Yeah, it seems what it's all about. Uh, I mean, yeah, it seems kind of like the next level now that we have not just TVs that we're showing images on, but we can show on the faces and facades of, of buildings. And and then there's like an interactive element too that I know with projectors that you can, based right. on people's movements and kinetics, that you can have some uh, some other images appear or right. lighting changes. Let me ask you a question, Mal. What is the uh, thing you're most proud of besides Teotihuacan? What project? Did you think it was your best, story? the project that you're most proud of, the way you did your best work besides Teotihuacan? Wow. Uh, and tell us about Chichen the project. Itza. 
uh, wow. Chichen Itza, I, I think that that was the first project uh, that Tokola did in an archaeological place. So it was the first chance we had to demonstrate to the government, to the audience, and even us that we can make a really good job with international quality and making no damage to the to the place and talking about the culture and history that Mexico owns and be proud of it. So I think that was the biggest challenge and yeah, I feel proud about that project. And so you gotta bring all the equipment, all your team from Mexico City to these sites. <laughs> And how long does it take you to set up or to, I mean, besides the planning behind and producing all the art, uh, the digital art, how long does it take the team to, to go from Chichen Itza being completely as it normally is to you guys setting up your, your stuff? You mean in one night, like in one show? Yeah, let's say oh. that, yeah, to go from you guys arrive there on the site and then setting up all all your projectors, all the instruments to then be ready for the show. Does that take a long time or is it a quick operation? No. Well, at the very beginning, it was like six hours to set up. Okay. And then now they're doing it like in two hours. It's incredible. And the technology is also getting better for everyone. So right. now we have better options to make that kind of reality yeah. happen. Hey, question for you, uh, Mr. Mao. Um, what project would you like to do in the future that you haven't gotten your hands on? What are you hungry for? Ah, I'm dying to do something in... Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do something in like in a public space in Mexico City, like an open space, not as famous as a Zocalo. You know, like finding this little park in the middle of a neighborhood, which... Uh, have a story or a history and make that place magical again. You know, like, I, I don't want to be in the spotlight because of the place it's important. Right. I want to be in the spotlight because the project that we we want to make there is it's good and it's relevant for the people. I think that's the most challenging project. Right. Yeah. So you're not with Kogel Labs anymore. You're moving on to other things. What are you doing now? And uh, yeah, what are you creating? We want to hear about it. I'm part of a new uh, project and a new team. Uh, our name is Rentec. And we're also trying to make this possible, uh, like this kind of technologies for the media industry and the brand and the marketing industry. Because, you know, when the, the brands are... Uh, willing to take the risk and make something new and really innovative for people. They need a help and they need a partner to make those kind of projects real. And uh, so Coco Lab is still going and making those amazing cultural and artistic projects all around Mexico and even the world. So now I'm starting this new part for uh, helping brands to make good multimedia experiences for their audiences. I mean, yeah. Cool, yeah, that's basically my my new project. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like Blade Runner, like you know, postmodern, like futuristic, like <laughs> logos going everywhere against walls. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't want to turn the world like in the Blade Runner world. We're already there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, simulate hell and then bring people there and be like, you're in hell and like scare the crap out of them. And be like, ah. Just kidding. You're in heaven. Switch yeah. it. Yeah, and switch it up, right? Like, oh, guess what? Neither. You're in neither. Know, you're true. back on earth, right? There could be a lot of exciting things you're doing. Great. Thanks, Mal. Uh, tell me, tell me, how do we get, so if anybody wants to do video map, there are two things. If somebody wants to study video mapping, how do they do it? And also if somebody wants to hire uh, a company for video mapping, what's the best way to do that as well? I think for studying video mapping in Mexico, are, now we have some good options, like schools doing uh, properly courses about it. Uh, I, I have seen some of them in Thai Institute, which is, I think, one of the best uh, college in Mexico for that. So, yeah, I think, and no, I think just to go to the places and learn, as we did it a few years ago, just watching and seeing everything online, it's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. And if you want to get in touch with us, and if you have a project uh, that we can develop, we're like open to hear you and make the dream reality. Right course how do, how do we reach you if we uh, want to get more information about this stuff it could be our uh, through our website it's rentex.com.mx um, it's a good it's a good option to, to find us okay right. and that's r-e-n-t-e-c-h without the last h okay in spanish right yeah. uh dumbass Ah, sorry about this. <laughs> You've been so hard on yourself today, Julian. Yeah. What's up with that? I always throw H's in there. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name with an H, Jehulian. <laughs> uh, all right. So, great. Well, we'd love to. Uh, uh, we're going to be working on some projects, too, in the future. At Pinche yeah. Gringo, right? Doing some video mapping. So, stay tuned for that. We'll do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Thank really you guys appreciate for the invitation. It. Anytime. Uh, thank you, Mal. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's kind of hard to talk about video mapping in an audio format, right? Oh, like it's you, fine. Yeah. You really got to see it. Yeah, it's fine. So, yeah, and he's a great guy and they're working really hard and doing some incredible things to capture the essence. And what he was saying is that it's not just about like seeing cool images and whatever. It's about capturing the culture and the mood. And when you do video mapping, I feel like it takes it to the next level, no? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, storytelling at its most richest, perhaps. Yep. Because uh, you could be in the place, and then you can get do a journey through time, and without words, you know, nice music accompanying the the presentation, and just you kind of get lost at what you're looking at. So I'm a big fan. It's amazing. Fan of their work. It's amazing. Julian, tell us what's going on in the Gringo this week. Well, as you said, we got Super Tuesday coming up on Tuesday, March third. That will start. Our coverage will start here at five thirty. Uh, in English, um, and we are expecting a good crowd, a bunch of the Democrats and uh, political junkies will be in attendance. The same night, we also have our third jam sesh. Uh, if you're a mus musician and you want to just jam with a few jazz artists, you're more, more than welcome to join us for a free entrance uh, starting at 6 p.m. in Pinche Bar, and then we're followed by the show at 9 p.m., the jazz night show with Deco Nava will be performing. So cool. You get to go there with your instrument. And just play, right? Maybe I'm, Rob, what do you think? Should I get my saxophone fixed and uh, play with the band? It'd be cool, right? Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, I'm going to get my rollerblades fixed and jam also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Those rollerblades have been in my apartment for six years, Julian. Yeah, at least get more. Them fixed. There's just one wheel, so I'm almost almost fully fixed. Uh, <laughs> we also got uh, Drag Queen Bingo, of course, on Wednesday night. This time we'll have Gloria Estefan, played by the lovely wow. Regia de la Garza. So if you're a '90s junkie, this is your this is your night. And on Thursday, March 5th, we got ping pong at the warehouse along with trivia night, which has been really fun Ooh, lately. Yeah, two so, great events in one. Yeah, yeah, one for one for your body and the other one for your mind. Uh, and yeah, great. we've had some good turnouts with uh, lots of teams at trivia night. Caitlin Evans has been doing a great job. Great job. Yeah, so um, check it out. It's just like Americans and Mexicans speak English who are you know going to school or teacher or a lot of embassy employees are coming. Mm-hmm. So check out that. I I really have fun. Uh, th- it's hard because the American embassy guys are really smart, but yeah, they spend most the of their nights too, right? just like I don't Training know studying Jeopardy questions and you know yeah cool stuff. <laughs> programming a note, and of course this changes uh, over time, and if uh, hopefully it won't change. Uh, we will have uh, the, the chairman of the Democratic National Committee, um, Tom Perez, on the show next week. Uh, Julian will be on vacation, so it'd be weird not having you here, man. It'd but, be uh, weird. What a what a really cool uh, guest! I can't believe that he wants to be on the show. Like I asked him if there was anything wrong, or well, he knows the importance <laughs> of Mexico, right, in the election. Yeah, so, um, it's gonna be a great talk. It's gonna be a great talk. <laughs> so that's gonna happen next week and then the week after I'm gone so it will, yeah. well, you guys will have an opportunity to like uh, listen to just either of us on yeah. this two weeks show so. I don't have my guest confirmed yet but I'm interviewing a few different dinosaur handlers <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. awesome alright well this does it for this edition of the Pinchy Gringo podcast I'm Dan DeFossi at Pinchy Gringo Dan and I'm Julian Valwa at Snappy Jules without the E J-U-L-S on Instagram. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys today. Stay safe, guys. Keep it safe. Mention the transvestite in Cancun.